So yes, Exodus chapter 23, from verse 20 to the end, that's 33. We'll start with that. And I read, reading from the New King James translation, it says, Behold, I send an angel before you to keep you in the way and to bring you into the place which I have prepared. Beware of him and obey his voice. Do not provoke him, for he will not pardon your transgression, for my name is in him. But if you indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. For my angel will go before you and bring you into the Amorites and the Hittites and the Perizzites and the Canaanites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, and I will cut them off. You shall not bow down to their gods nor serve them, nor do according to their works, but you shall utterly overthrow them and completely break down their sacred pillars. So you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water. And I will take sickness away from the midst of you. No one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in your land. I will fulfill the number of your days. I will send my fear before you, I will cause confusion among all the people to whom you come. I will make all your enemies turn their backs to you. And I will send hornets before you, which shall drive out the Hivite and the Hivite, the Canaanite and the Hittite from before you. I will not drive them out from before you in one year, lest the land become desolate and the beasts of the field become too numerous for you. Little by little, I will drive them out from before you until you have increased and you inherit the land. And I will set your bounds from the Red Sea to the sea, Philistia, and from the desert to the river. For I will deliver inhabitants of the land into your hand and you shall drive them out before you. You shall make no covenant with them, nor with their gods. They shall not dwell in your land lest they make you sin against me. For if you serve their gods, it will surely be a snare to you. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen. 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 Okay. So, um, first of all, did we, did we all, is there everyone that read this? Could everyone read it? Yeah, I read it. Okay. Who has read it? I've read it. Awesome. Yes, I did. Okay. 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 I guess everyone did. Okay. That's awesome. Um So, um, so this scripture, yeah, was actually, um, this scripture was given to, um, 
was given in, in another fellowship that I was in. And um, when I was preparing, when I was praying for this, this is what came to mind. And apart from what it's saying, um, I believe what was leading my heart was using it to point out what I believe um, God is using this to say. But first of all, let's just look at the scripture itself and then we'll point out um, what I believe God is saying through the scripture. Um, it says, Behold, I send an angel before you to keep you in the way and to bring you into the place which I have prepared. Beware of him and obey his voice and do not provoke him, for he will not pardon your transgression. And my name is in him. I mean, the first thing, um, first thing you think about this, I know that anywhere you see um, angel with capital letter, many, you know, many, many say or claim that, you know, it is pre-incarnate Christ. If I can say that. Because if you see, the, um, will I say the authority given to this angel is not just like an ordinary angel. I don't know if you, did you, did you, did, it, did everyone notice that from the scripture? Did you guys notice it when you read it? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. So whenever I say that, I just I, I know that this probably is reincarnate Christ. Because when you when you see it, he says, God says, I will send an angel before you to keep you in the way and to bring you into the place which I have prepared. Then 21 now says, Beware of him. And of course, this him is used with capital letter. And obey his voice and do not provoke him, for he will not pardon your transgressions. For my name is in him. My name is is in him. But 22 now says, but if you indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak. Now, if you see that, it says, if you, if you indeed obey his voice and do the, all that I speak. So you can see that, I don't know if you see what's going on there. It's like these two, these two people are like, it's like they are one, <laughs> right? It says, if you, Obey his voice and do all that I speak. Then I will be an enemy to your enemies, an adversary to your adversaries. Again, did you guys notice that? Verse 22. Yes. You saw that too, right? You saw how... Yes. Yeah, see if they are, see if they are one, right? If you yes, did obey, yes. yeah, if you did obey his voice and do all I speak. <laughs> so meaning that, um, meaning that this 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 reminds me of when Moses said that you know God told him that the Lord will raise a prophet like him, of course, which is pointing to Christ. It says in all that he says. In all, in all that he does, hear him, that whoever does not obey him, you know, 
God will require an account from me. This is, I think, in Deuteronomy chapter 18. And he says, I will put my words in his mouth. So, of course, he's saying here, but if you indeed obey his voice and do all I speak, meaning that God will speak through, you know, this character. But I see it as pre-incarnate Christ. But let's move on. It says, for my angel will go before you and bring you into the Amorites, the Hittites, and the Perizzites, and the Canaanites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites, and I will cut them off. So these are pagan nations that, in the context of the scripture, that God was bringing the Israelites, they're bringing the Israelites into, into their land to possess their land. And he was giving them some instructions. He says, you shall not bow down to their gods, nor serve them, nor do according to their works, but you shall utterly overthrow them and completely break them, break down their sacred pillars. So God is bringing his people into a nation, to, into nations, different nations of, um, into a people of, of pagan, uh, what's the name? Pagan culture, pagan way of life. And he's now telling them, do not bow down to their gods, nor serve them, nor do according to their works. You will, I'll, 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 I'll explain why I linked the, because we'll still go to the second uh, scripture. Um, but when we are done with this, but when I read, let me just a bit summarize. So then I'll open, then the floor will be open. Let me, let me also get what every other person got. When I was reading this, of course, what came to me is, you know, when God begins to bring his people, right, into, I'm relating it to uh, today's world. When God begins to bring his people into places, it might be a field, it might be a new phase, it might be, uh, it might be a new season, right? And these things require you to, Enter into places, be in places. For example, for example, I might be saying, "Oh, I'm bringing, uh, who would I? I'm bringing Emmanuel into maybe his next phase is into politics, right? And politics, of course, we know they say our politics is, you know, is full of it's, it's a it's a game of uh, dirt, you know." Um, it's unclean and everything. And it's bringing you into a field or a place or a nation where it's full of pagan worship. It's full of idols. It's full of, you know, things that are not of God. But that's where God is bringing you to. And he says, you shall not. First of all, he says, I will cut them off. You shall not bow down to their gods, nor serve them, nor do according to their works. But you shall utterly overthrow them and completely break down the sacred pillars. So there are places, there are fields, there are positions that, um, will I say unbelievers are holding and God is using these unbelievers to, 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 to keep these positions for his people, right? Until maybe right time when he brings them into those lands or into those places. Like I said, when I was reading this, 
that's what's coming to mind that when God begins to bring each and every one of us or bring his people into new phases, into new um, seasons, into places, you know, places that he has prepared. But in those places now, there are pagans there or there are unbelievers there. So when you come there, this is what he's expecting of each person. He's expecting of his people. Going on, he says, you shall not serve. I'll still come back to 23 and 24. He says, you shall not serve. Okay, you shall serve the Lord your God and he will bless your bread and water. And I will take sickness away from the midst of you. No one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in your land. I will fulfill the number of your days. So these are the blessings that he's bringing to his people. He says, I will send my fear before you. I will cause confusion among all the people to whom you come. I will make all your enemies turn their back to you. I will send honest before you, which shall drive out the Hivites, the Canaanites, and the Hittites from before you. So he will send the fear of you. Um, he will send his fear before you. So even before you get there, you no, know, you get to a place, you get to that place, and they see you. You are coming from, you are coming with, you know, um, how do I put it? You are coming with um, a renewed mind. With, with, with the light of Christ. They are coming into the midst of people who are crafty, sneaky, you know, who operate with the wisdom of the flesh or wisdom of the world basically. And they are supposed to shine in their midst as light. So God is not saying, as you go there, even before you go there, I will send my fear before you. When you come into their midst, things just happen. Things just happen around you or with you. They just know that there's something, there's something about this one. This one is different. This one is not this one is not among us. This one does not think like us. This, there's something about this guy. There's something about this girl. Something about this lady or this man. And then there's this fear within them. They don't know what's causing the fear. They don't know what is um, happening. Of course, it causes, it can, it, 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 it can stir up different things. But everything is the Lord that is at work. And he promises to drive them out from before you in one year. But if you read, as you read on, you will see that he says it's not, he won't, um, he won't drive them out immediately because there are certain things, there are certain things that they, they, they possess that you need. The only thing is that they have used those, you know, all knowledge, all power belongs to God. All knowledge and they come from God. But the things that these people have used, you know, Satan perverts, Satan does not create anything. All he does was, all he has been doing is to pervert knowledge, pervert everything. And so also those who are his people or his agents or those who worship him. So, even with this knowledge, with the knowledge they have, with the, you know, you know, last week we were talking about God and self. 
right? The difference that uh, perilous times, talking about, you know, those things that were listed. And we're talking about self, that what drives self or the, the, the vehicle in which self rides on is flesh. And that's what the world is, um, that's what the world exalts. That's what the world is focused on. Anyone in the world is focused. What is driving them is self. And the platform for which self uses is the flesh to bring forth pleasure or to bring forth self-glorification or self-exaltation. So God is bringing, when God begins to bring his people into these places, he's now saying, don't bow, don't bow down to their gods. Do not do things according to their work. So according to the flesh. I don't know if I'm making sense. I don't know if that makes sense. Yes. Ye yes, yes, it does. Okay, okay, okay. So... These people have, you can see even in today's world, you go into, let's say you go into a workspace, you know, you find, you find intelligent people, people with, who are brilliant, who are good in their field, but many of them might be atheists, some of them are not believers, you know. Now, they do all they do for self. But as a follower of Christ, we do what we do for the glory of God understanding that it is in God that we, um, it is in him we live, we move and have our being, you know, we, we glory in his glory, we shine in his light. So even all that we do, we do as unto the Lord. So even when we find ourselves in those same positions, we are not meant to do the works that they, the same works that they do, or the way they do it, or the way they do them. So they are Goal is self their 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 goal is self pleasure or self glorification or self exaltation. As should be the, for the glory of God, focused on God. Why is doing the work that we need to do in those places? I give an example of you know if Emmanuel is his next phase is to be maybe God is bringing him to politics. Now when he enters there, God equips him. God sends his fear before him. And when he's in the midst of these people, then it says, I will send hornets before you. We shall drive out the Hivites, the Canaanites, and the Hittites from before you, and I will drive them out from before you in one year, lest, okay, I will not drive them out from before you in one year, lest the land. So you see that he's saying, before he drives them out completely, and begins to fill that place with his people. There are things, there are knowledge, there are things you still need to get to get from them. Right? Some knowledge, the knowledge that you use. Like today now, if I want to learn, for example, if I want to learn, um, if I want to learn, um, I don't know which this thing I will use. If I want to learn, um, let's just say, um, should I say programming, right? Now, I'll probably go to some school, I go to go online or go sit under somebody that, you know, 
who has gained mastery in this. And that person might probably not be a Christian, isn't it? Do we agree? Mm-hmm. That person might not probably be a, yeah. might not be a Christian. Yeah. So mm-hmm. he has that knowledge, right? And God might want to use that. I'm, I'm, this is for illustrative purpose. God might want to use that, you know. And then, so that's what he's saying. I will not drive them out completely, you know, all at once. So slowly, slowly, as you gain the knowledge, as you get that which he wants you to get, slowly, slowly, he begins to drive them out. Gradually, gradually. He says, lest the land become desolate and the beasts of the field become too numerous for you. So, again, there are certain obstacles that God will still use these people, right, to, to, to bring solution to. So that when you come, you come, you have, let's say you have a soft landing into those positions or into those phase, into that phase of one's life or into that season. There are places that God has prepared, God has, or is keeping for his people. And now he's equipping them so that in due time, they come into those places. For some, it might be coming to places of leadership. Right now, the people that are there, their cup is almost full. So the ones that he will use to replace them, who will do his bidding, who will do the will of God, he's preparing them. Just like, again, okay, now I'm reminded of Saul and David, right? David was anointed king. Isn't it? David was anointed king. And but Saul was still on the throne. And you see that it took some time. And God made it that David still went to serve under Saul, even though that was the future king of, or that was the king of Israel, or future king of Israel. But in the physical, Saul was still there. And so David going to the house of Saul, there are still certain things probably he needed to learn under. Saul's government, if I can say that, under Saul's rulership. So he's there learning, learning, learning different things until the appointed time before the house of Saul was complete. There was no, uh, 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 there was no heir. There was nobody left again from the house of Saul in the palace or in the throne. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that's the way I believe God was um, God was um, trying to prepare his people to take over these lands that he was bringing them to. And I believe that's also how God is also preparing each person or his people for different places. That he's bringing, that he's going to bring them into, he's going to bring us into, and these, these are, and these are some of the instructions. Like I said, do not. When he said, do not bow down to their gods, for the one whose 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 focus is self, his god might be mammon, his god might be power, his god might be different things, fame, his god might be you know different things. But he says, do not serve their gods. 
nor bow down to them, nor do according to their works. Now, again, do according to their works. Like I said before, what drives them is self. What they use, the works, is the works of the flesh. They use to actualize. So it can be immorality, it can be greed, it can be oppression, it can be fraud. So many of these things, corruption, even in today's politics in our nation, you see that, you know. And like I said, I, mean, I was using the the um, example of going into politics. If this is God telling one of his own, that's trying to bring his own into politics, this is what he will be telling them. Do not do things the way they do. I'm bringing you into this place. When you come, you shall overthrow them and completely break down their sacred pillars. So break down their altars. That which are the pillars of their their idol worship, if I can say that, their idolatry. So it might be immorality, it might be oppression, it might be corruption, it might be fraud, cutting corners, all those things. It says you shall completely what? Break them down. What you now establish and you begin to establish the things that God wanted to establish, righteousness, truth, accountability, justice, and all those things. And then from 25 to 26, again, you see the blessing that he promises his people. 27, I will send my fear before you. I will cause commission among the people to whom you come and will make all your enemies turn their backs to you. Remember what he says, your enemies will become my enemies and your adversaries my adversaries. And then 30 says, little by little, I will drive them out from before you until you have increased and you inherit the land. Until you, the people of God be, take over that space. And then if you now go to verse 32, Verse 32 now says, you shall make no covenant with them, nor with their gods. Now, the thing, again, using politics, when you come into that space, right, you know, there are some people who want to now say, you know, this is the way we do things, or, you know, scratch your back, I scratch, if you scratch my back, I scratch your back, you know. Basically, they want to be friends, they want to, He's not telling you, make no covenant with them, nor with their gods. They want to bring you into things, into their own ways, or into their own worship. When you are in these places, remember. Certain people, remember whose you are. Because they already have a covenant with God, so make no covenant with them or even with their gods. They shall not dwell in your land, lest they make you sin against me. So they shall not even be among you. And I think one of the ways that this can happen is through maybe uh, 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 one comes into that place and he begins to be close friends. And through that union, through that relationship, 
you know, corruption begins to happen. James, I think it was James that said, uh, don't you know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. So he's giving them that warning. They sh- you know, they should not dwell in your land lest they make you sin against me. And if you serve their God, it shall be, it shall surely be a snare to you. Meaning, you meaning you now the person not to you the person now comes into the same position that they were the, for the the same reason why God utterly destroyed them or utterly cast them out. It says if they serve their gods, they will come to that same position and it will be a snare for them, and God will have to do the same thing to them. Does that make sense? Do we, do we get that? Hello? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes, I do. So, okay. So quickly, this brings me to Romans 8. I want to quickly, so that I can give room for others to speak. For me, today is a, to, re, to be a, don't be a really long one from me. This brings me to Romans 8 from verse 5 to 11. Romans 8 from verse 5 to 11. It says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things. When I was reading the first one, again, I was reminded of Romans 8, and I opened it and began to see the um, ones who are there. Right? I don't want to go into what all those pagan worship involved the way. Oh, I hope the first recording didn't go. Hey guys, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Sorry, my internet. It went to to connect to another internet. (laughs) So I'm just hoping the first recording didn't, uh, isn't missing now. Because that might that might be what will happen. Okay, that's fine. No worries. Let me just continue. So, um, so I'm in Romans eight five and six. So, like I said, when I was reading, that, I was reminded of this. And those who are there, the Hivites, the 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 Canaanites, and all the other pagan nations. 
pagan worship of, again, things of the flesh. So these ones, they set their minds on the things of the flesh. But you, the people of God, who God will bring, or is bringing into these places, into these uh, spheres of influence, into this nation, into this new phase, into this new season, into that place of position. These are the ones who should live according to the spirit and set their minds on the things of the spirit. Verse 6 says, for to be carnally minded is death. So their canal, their canality, of course, will eventually lead to death and God wiping them out and beginning to fill that nation or those nations with his people. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Again, this brings, you see, this brings the blessings of God. As he said there, there'll be no miscarriage, there'll be no barren and all the things that he promised. Seven says, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. Again, when, when we read, I said, and this reminds you of that scripture, James, uh, 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 whoever wants to be, or don't you know that friendship with the world is enmity against God? Because again, the world is focused on the things of the flesh. The, the world is concerned about the things of the flesh. So the pagan nations too are also concerned about the things of the flesh, things of the flesh. But you, who is of the Lord, you, who is of God, should be concerned about the things of the spirit. He says the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God. Again, these people were lawless, lawless in the sense not just lawless, not lawlessness of you know rules and regulations like according to man, but lawlessness of God, of the spirit of God. They had no moral laws. You know, the things they do in their temples, I don't even, don't even want to go into them. Uh, uh, pagan worship, uh, child sacrifice, and all those things. These were the things that were going on there. It says, for it is not subject to the law of God. So it's telling you the law that it's talking about, because they're lawless. And scripture says sin is lawlessness nor indeed can be. So even in that state, they cannot even be subject to the laws of God, even if they want to be, because they are not, their spirit have, have not, their spirit is not born again. They've not experienced, you know, a rebirth within. So then those who are in the flesh, again, cannot please God. So, you go back to the warnings that he gave his people. Do not do this. Do not do according to their work so that as you are there, you don't fall for the trap and switch to do works of the flesh. Because when, once you do, once a person does switches to the realm of the flesh, it is corruption and death that is waiting for them on that pathway. And that pathway never, it's already judged. You cannot please God. That pathway cannot please God. Now verse 9 says, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. And seeing all this and so oh, how is it, how can we 
do this? If I find myself in that space, is it actually possible? For example, politics today, you're like people, some people, is it possible to be in politics and be clean? Is it possible to be in this kind of space and be clean? If it's the Lord that sends you there, he will give you the grace. He will give you that. He will equip you for that office or for that place or for that phase or for that position. And this is where he says, this is where I'm coming to, verse 11. Now says, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, says he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies. He will quicken your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So as I read this, this, what came to mind was, this is how it's going to be possible to be among those pagan nations or pagan people or pagan environment and still thrive without being contaminated, without being tainted, without allowing corruption to come upon your vessel, being able to still stand for God even in the midst of darkness, you shine bright. It is because, he says, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, that he will also quicken your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So I'll, I'll, op- I'll open it up now so that, you know, every other person can share what, um, share their thoughts what um, they got from this but the summary of it is um, like I said I believe when God begins to bring each person God is bringing each person or his people into a new phase into a new season or a new place of position a new can be a job it can be something or a new height or something and around you you are filled with pagan nations pagan people or you know Darkness, basically, you know, um, he's showing us how to still thrive, how to still be, you know, vessels of God, even in those places. And slowly and slowly, as we continue in him, in the spirit, those places that he has reserved for his people, for each person, he will begin to bring them into those places and drive out all those people that he has left there, all those people who, you know, occupy those spaces before and were only using it for self. So, but yeah. Um, And this note, anyone has anything they want to say? Or what did... um, Any comment or any question, anything, please. The floor is open. Okay. Um, Divine roots. The way of a believer within a place dominated by darkness is to shine the light. And the only way to shine that light is following and truly following the way of the Lord, not being sucked up into the world's doctrine or the things that work for them, flesh, or distracted by the immediate glamour of their perverse way. Those that are are after the Spirit should live by the Spirit, by the grace made available through Christ. 
Yes. Yes. Thank you so much, Divine. Anyone else? Anyone wants to say something? Please. Or what did, when you read it, what, what do you think God was saying to you? Anyone? Yes, Sheila, please. Okay. So when I was um, reading Romans, um, can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. So when I was uh, reading Romans um, 8, uh, verse 8 um, stood out to me. And okay. I wanted to connect it to um, Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 8 says, So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. And so I thought of Hebrews um, 11, verses 6, which says, but without faith, faith is impossible. it is impossible to please um, him. For mm. he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently um, see him. So I'm guessing it is true to say that, um, let me go back to Romans here, that um, the people, those that live in the flesh do not have faith. Is it true? Can we say that? Yes, yes. We can say that. We can, okay, we can say that. Yes. So, yeah, that's what, that's what, uh, that's what came to mind. And I just um, wanted to share that. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you for making that connection. Yeah. Yes. And even going as you, as, as you said that, if I link it to um, the, even the Exodus 23 we read, you know, God is telling them, give, give them, giving them those instructions that when you come into these places, this is what you should do. Right. And this is what he has spoken. And remember we said that faith comes by hearing and by hearing the word of God. Whenever we um, walk in the spirit, you know, or we live by faith because we've heard God and we, we obeyed him and we moved in the direction that he's leading us to. So he now gives them the opposite, that if you do this, if you don't do it, this is what will happen. And it just watches what he says. If they switch to now serving, you, know, you understand, the other gods, that means... They have, um, they have switched off from faith. So they stopped trusting in God and they are now trusting, you understand, in maybe the arm of the flesh or in those things. Because for, 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 for those pagan nations to follow other gods, it's because they put their trust in those other gods, right? So yeah, I just thought to just um, expand on what you said. But yeah, thank you very much, Sheila. Anyone else? Has something to share? 
Good evening. Good evening, bro. Yeah, sorry. I've been under the weather, so. Oh, sorry. Really? So I can't really. My voice will be somehow low. I don't know. That was yeah, fine. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. for me, you know, the angle that you went was really profound. Really. Thank you very much. Oh, thank God. Okay. Because, you know, you tied it to, you know, politics. Mm. And is really key, you know. These are questions that sometimes we find ourselves asking, you know, as believers. Even mm. me, you know, do you get like the more it gets, you know, darker, you know, I keep asking, mm. can this be possible, you know, and can this be possible means that, you know, based on things, you know, that I have had the Lord say, you know, or that, mm. you know, I've come to believe, you know, and it's amazing, it's amazing. So when you were talking, now you use this to explain how God brings someone into it, you know, it's, it's really profound. I'm telling you, like you said a lot for, for me, for me, you mm. said a lot. So, so I don't really have anything to add that much, but, you know, uh, one thing is that, you know, God is not a, you know, a, a, a magician. Mm-hmm. He's more of a miracle worker, you know. And when, it's, when we're talking about miracle worker, that means it's a God of process. Mm. So uh, we said this, you know, when, you know, he could have dropped all the, those, he, he, uh, those people out and, you know, out, and let these people, you know, come into the land, you know, but he said little by little, and he gave the reasons why. And it's something amazing, you know, um, there is a growth, you know, that God requires in all the children, mm. anyone that is going to be used, there's a growth that is attached to bringing forth the blessings and the promises of God, you know, uh, as a person, you know, for example, you need money, you need favor, you need this, you know, it can be like six things, you know, if you start chasing one after them, God did not create us that way. But Mm. how he designed us is that, you know, he, he made us in a way that when we start focusing on him, you know, as we're focusing on him, he's transforming mm. us, you know, to becoming like his son. Do you get? So mm. as we are being transformed, what happens is that it gets to a stage, all those things that we need, they will naturally navigate. just get attracted. Navigate how we naturally, they will navigate. So, this is something well, one thing that they will not be coming. Yes. Do you get? And at that time, yeah. when they come, it will be hard for you to corrupt you. Corrupt Why? You. Because you went through the right process. And that is what many people, and no, let me say that that is what flesh naturally 
is not patient. Our mm. flesh, there's an ace in our soul due to mm. the fall, you know. So it's hard. But what God is that when we go through these things, then in the right time, all those things will come because we have become mature to that person that whatever we now attract now, now doesn't have the capacity, you know, to corrupt us. Mm-hmm. But when we are, when we when we are not patient with the dealings of God and we, you know, go out, go outside, you know, cut corners, do you get? Yes, mm-hmm. we might still get them. But the issue is that it, you know, it may make us, you know, it, how do I put this? Yes, when we get them, you know, it might make us, you know, to to uh, to sin against God, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I, and we have I, to sustain, and we have to sustain it through that the same way. Means. Yes, got through it. That so I'm using this example of this that you know that I will not drive them out in a year. Look at God was. These are God's ways. This is mm-hmm. God's ways instead of the act. You know, he said that Moses knows my way, that the people, the act, and the people that know the act, they all perish because mm-hmm. they refuse to know God's ways. It's important that we know his ways, and these are his ways that he doesn't just want to do things, you know, all suddenly. No, 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 no. He's not really a suddenly God. Let us say he's the God of forces. Whatever we mm-hmm. say suddenly, the work that is going on underneath that must have been going on underneath. Yeah. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So, you know, and all these things is all this dealing is meant to deal with the essences in our soul, in our mm. spirit, you know. Mm. And that's why I say that when you increase, he put that word as as you increase, that is how much you know I will drive them out so that you occupy, you have the number, you have the capacity, you have the strength to retain and maintain what I'm giving you. I don't give things just to come to waste. I won't, like, you won't be asking me to, you know, give me this, Lord, do this for me. When, if I do that thing for you, I know that in your spirit, man, you've not gone to that person that can manage the resources. Forget mm. about what you read in school. Forget about your your knowledge, how you become first class, how you, how you are very, very intelligent. No, that doesn't equate with spiritual things. From God, no. And so it's amazing to see that. And there's something again that I got from what you are saying, Digit, and I'm speaking just mm-hmm. based on my own understanding. So in politics now, for example, it's not when you just get there that God will just start uh, doing the work on you. No. Before you get there, there's a process mm-hmm. that you, you cannot ignore. Mm. So I'm saying, and that process might not look like it. Okay, for example, maybe it's policies that you want to take you into, but mm. is but where you are now doesn't even look like it. But you find out something. I don't know. This is something that you might be that the people in your journey so far will just be that you'll be in the midst of corrupt, corrupt, corrupt people. Mm. I don't know, maybe or you'll be mm. in the midst of people that, and you start all the like, what is my own life? shredded this way mm. like ah, every stage i'm just in the midst of this 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 and i'm seeing other people their life is not that way that may be your own pattern that god is using to deal with you to you. see that once to train you yes thank you to train you and once it trains you in that just like david that you said he was a shepherd 
But in that shepherd, God was, do you get? But it was a training. If he had despised that, he wouldn't have been able to to succeed in that place. Mm -hmm. And that that was why even after God took him there again, he had to be on on exile. In that midst of that exile, God was still training until Mm -hmm. the time. So I'm just saying that don't despise whatever journey that you see yourself in as long as you have the word of the Lord. Once he's given you his word, what you are going through might not look like his word. Be faithful to it. So that suddenly that will happen and that suddenly, it looks suddenly to people, but it's not really so suddenly. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I'm trying to, to finish that with that. Oh, like suddenly or more, just saw this guy in politics, from nowhere, does not have, mm. have any political or something? No. If you, if you check that man, if it's God that's with him, you will find out that all God's dealing with him as he has been meeting people that are like those politicians, maybe mm. that in his place of work, in his family, mm. where he's finding himself. And one way or the other, he has not, he has, he has found the grace, he has found the strength to obey the voice of the Lord, not to be like them, not to mm. act like them, trying to be distinct. Whereas when you are doing all those things, there may seem to be like no reward at that point. You are just doing, you are just doing, ah, why is it that this is the kind of place I'm finding myself in? Why do you get? Mm. He's bringing you into something greater and better. And wherever that is, you have to go through your process. You have to go through, you have to stick to your lane. That was what the last time that we talked about the last time that I was here, I think we talked about, you know, where I was talking about being on your lane. That is very important. Don't just run the race, you understand? Because mm. so many people might be running the race, whereas they are not on their lane. They've shifted. No, continue your lane. There might be something amazing that God wants to use you to do, and it will not be that glaring. So it, it's important for us to just have that at the back of our mind. So... Anyone that you say that God will use to transform this nation. So it's not impossible. Yes, that's another thing that came to mind. The question is not about God. It's about you. It's about us. God is faithful. That the people that he will use to transform this nation, will they, are they faithful where they are right now? Because mm. God wants to do things in our nation, but it is still people that he will use. And he's watching, looking out for those people. He's looking at them, just training them. So God is faithful. It is us that we should just, just you know, let's try to bear the, the weight, the yoke that he might have placed on us now. We are the one that God is going to use to transform this nation and this people, you know. So uh, I think that's just what I have to say. And again, uh, when we talk about that uh, in Romans 8, 8, it says, so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. And if we should compare it with Exodus, I think one thing that dropped out for me is that uh, how can you be in the flesh? It is when you are not living your life according to the voice of, right. of Christ, because Christ mm. is the angel there. Yeah, like you rightly said, and he said it there in in Exodus uh, twenty three twenty. 
23 verse 21 23 said but if thou shalt indeed obey his voice and do all I speak that is the key word when we're not obeying his word you find yourself walking in the flesh it's just is is very very natural whatever you are doing you're just doing it in the flesh is key that we live by his word. That's why I'm saying that. That's why it's important that we have his word. So we live by his word. We continue. Even when the result is not coming forth, continue in that way. We have David as an example. He continued in the land where Daniel was too. Daniel continued only in what God tells him to do. There were many people that rose up against him, there will be challenges. That is the truth. The key word is that you have a word continuing it. Many people have left their mark. That is the truth. They are still Christian. They are still something, but they are not because the truth is the way you continue in his word is hard. It it will be difficult. That is the truth. It's amazing how God was telling them that, yes, you are there, but don't act in them. He didn't take them away. He brought them in their midst. Right, and I was telling them, you must not do this. Just continue obeying my voice. It is quite hard. I'm telling you, just for example, now, just you know, the way. Sorry, I'm using this example now. You know, you see some Christian sister too, you know, or uh, not dressing well, and I kind of ask myself, where where did we get this from? It's not scriptural. The issue is that at the point. We start looking at the way of the world. We start looking at uh, Western world patterns. And we are still God's children. Did you get at the point we've stopped, we've stopped obeying his voice? We started taking what is their own into our own. Yeah. And we say that there's nothing wrong with it. God and uh, God is not condemning. No, no, no. The issue is that while you're in the midst of them, you've started disobeying you started acting the way you started serving what they said you started behaving the way they are behaving according to their whereas, world according to their world God, God that is the place of training I don't know that is the place you can't be saying you will be training the means of that happening so the choice is now yours either that you will be able to be strong in the Lord and keep to his voice keep to his voice keep to his voice or you will see that it doesn't matter joy it doesn't matter the, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, you know, that, that is how the culture comes. And we start asking ourselves, how did this happen now? Something like that. No. So just saying this for us to understand that these are God's ways of dealing with us and bringing us into the fullness of God. So thank you, bro. Uh, thank you so much for that. That was really... That was really profound. Thank you so much for sharing that. We thank God. Thank you. You know, um, like you said, um, you know, when you look at the life of David, it's just a perfect example. You know, you know when we're talking now, that time established that uh, um, Saul was a pattern for you know the flesh, and then David pattern for spirit and you see um even when david now came into came back right into israel god did not just make him king of israel the whole of israel at at first he first made him king of judah 
for about, I think it was for about seven, about seven years before he was now made king of Israel. So you can see, like you said, you can see the amount of process, the amount of, you know, dealings. And this was like how many years? Like 13 years before, 13 years after he was anointed, <laughs> you know, king. Um, so yeah, um, thank you very much. Anyone else wants to share something before? Okay, yes, Emmanuel again. Yeah, sorry. Just um, just going back to that stuff again, something just came to mind. Okay. Just saying, you know, oh, where is that's Exodus 24, he said, Thou shalt not bow down to their gods, nor serve them, nor do nor do after their works, mm. you know, but thou shalt utterly overthrow them mm. and quite break down their works. You know, the part that said that nor do after their works. Another example is this, and you know, I've been in this shoe too before. You know, where where and when God give his children gifts, you know, in singing, and you find Christians singing worldly songs, it is another thing too that is not consistent with the ways of God. It is not. It is that you decided to go after the rules of the world. The gift God gave us is for the glorification of his name. Do you get what I'm saying? Like back then, when I was in secondary school, we used to my Moshe, Kelly, then I was a Christian too. So I thought there was nothing bad there. You know, how we used to say it now, um, we just love music. Is our passion that used to be there's something something we are still going to church. No, mm. not until not until I really you know understand and and have a full knowledge of God. You understand the mm. first thing he first told me back there. I'm telling you is that you have to you have to stop this song, and that was what I'm used to. That was and I told him then I said, but I don't even know how to sing with this song. I'm just saying this, bro. I, I don't know, maybe you give me that. I like, I could, I could remember. I said, I don't even know how to sing any Christian songs. Do you get? Mm. But just the same thing, what I'm saying. Those gifts you are, is not meant to be, whatever you are doing, that's what you are doing. What, what you are doing is that you are doing things after their works, after the patterns of the people that we often mm. drive at. That is what we are doing. It's not in any way consistent with the ways of God. The, Thing mm. is that is hard for us to just maintain to stay with the voice of the Lord, what is consistent with it. Mm. So that is another example too. Now I came to my, to in mind, you know, when we try to tell people, when I try to tell people like me now that I see, I'm like, guy, no, this is wrong. You stand and they and they're like, no, there's nothing wrong. No, no. What we are doing, whatever you are doing, is that you are following the pattern of the ways of the world. Mm. It is God's gift. It is meant for Him alone. To Him alone. To His glory. Nothing else. Nothing more. When you find yourself that you ask for grace, 
to stop and put an end to it. Because I just so we can measure so so many things that we see and we, you know, thank God for the grace and since um back in, that was 2008, you know, gradually I started. It's not I just started cutting off small, 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 small. It took me years. Since mm. years, I want I want to say years. I'm not talking of maybe two years, four years, but I was in work. I was willing. Now I don't like. It doesn't make a sense to me. Mm. That was something that I'm so used. It doesn't make a sense to me at all. In fact, even not all Christians say even makes sense mm. to me. Do you get? Is is a journey, but I you start. I started somewhere. I believe his voice when he said that. When he said he didn't make a meaning to me, it wasn't a pastor that told me. It was just something. It doesn't make me. But I, this is his voice. I know that. And I started. That was. Um. The thing is, is there that I should say is that you can't have both the voice of. Don't let me go into that. So, it's just I'm just citing this example so that we can look at all other examples to to just key to this world. Mm. Is not less stick to his voice, that voice, that voice, and the voice of Christ cannot tell you to say, no, it's not possible. Back then, I would look at myself, I'm like, ah, oh, come on, see this kid, I'm going to see this, ah, oh, come on, I knew him back then, Yebode, school, that they went to, like, oh, this guy was like, there's a guy like me now, come on, it's even my junior, do you get all kind of stuff, this guy now, mm-mm, is don't it take you out of it. And by the time you obey, you go to, you will find out the benefit that is embedded in it. Why you are doing it, like I said, there may not be a result, like I said, that's something. No, but it's taking you somewhere. It's taking you as prepared. Yes. Thank you. So I'm just saying, in that same scripture, he said that he has prepared a place, right? He said, where mm. I, have, I have prepared. I have prepared. What I have prepared. Now you will find out that it's not everyone that was taken out of Egypt that got to that place. Mm. What is the difference? Those that obey what is false. Mm. Mm. And if you remember, it was, it was say, Bell, I said, Bell, and Caleb, mm-hmm. and Joshua. And Joshua. Please, you will you remember. When they went to spy, mm. they, they were the only one that stick to the voice of the Lord, and they were the only one that got to that. Yes, God has prepared the place, He has told you. But, mm, my brother, it is when you obey that voice, that voice, that is when you will enter into it. And that mm. also depicts the, 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 uh, the eternal life that God has promised us. Mm. It is not everyone that, yeah, Christian, Christian, that will make it. No, it is those that obey that voice the will the, of the Father. The end. Yes. Mm. So there will always be options around us that it won't take those things away. It will, in fact, it will essentially put you there. That's the place to go. That's the place mm-hmm. to stand. Exactly. Exactly.
Thank you so much, Mano. Yes, Solomon, please go on. Okay, I just uh, want to add. Can we just? Uh... Yes, I can yes. hear you. Yes, I can hear you. Thank you. Um, Romans chapter, Romans chapter eight, verse five and six is when he said to be carnally minded. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Um, I know, I believe we know that the death here is talking about separation. Separation from God. Separation from the purposes. Separation from the will of God. Now, uh, being carnally minded, what what does it really mean, being carnally minded? You know, being carnally minded has to do with um, the desires, the desires and the aspirations that people have. You know, it's like putting yourself in a race with the world. You want to catch up with the world. You want to, you want to, um, you want to follow the trend of the world. You say, okay, this is what is trending now. And people, you see people going in that direction. Unfortunately, even titled people in the household of faith will key into that. And it becomes gradually, when people start deviating from, it starts from desire first. So when we notice that our desires started aligning to things that are not God, we should see the sign. That's the red flag. It's like Emmanuel was saying something. He said, the process of we staying among unbelievers is it's like a training. Yeah, it's a training. It's a training for us to be matured. We are not meant to copy them. But that training, so to say, we are talking about, is meant to build us, to, to help us build what we call restriction. Restriction and the fear of God. Because it's the fear of God in somebody that will not make the person to do things against the purposes of God. You know, sometimes when actions, you want to take actions, you ask yourself this question, would this bring glory to God or to man or to me? You know, if we can ask questions like that, that brings us to the point of um, David, that brings us, that makes us to want to behave like David, who, even though he has power to take some actions, he will always want to ask God's permission concerning such. So, and for somebody that is materialistic, let me use that word now, materialistic, it's easy for that person to, to deviate. If you start seeing yourself like um, you start seeing yourself like you deserve some things, 
Is it accolade? Is it praise? Is it is it praise? Is it um is it property? You know, the, the Bible said wherever the heart of a man is, treasure is, sorry, that is where his heart is. And once we started cleansing our heart towards those things, which actually are not what God wants for us, they are good things. They are good things. But the question is, they are good things in quotes. Let me use the word. These are things that God desires to still give. Let me take example, the land of the land that flows with milk and honey. Actually, that land was a land of idol worshippers, but we shouldn't forget that that same land has the milk and the honey we are talking about. But that same land also has the idols and the evil acts, the unspeakable things, that unimaginable things that they do in that same land. But what happened? There are also something good in the land. So that's where I'm going now. Despite the fact that there are some things which we might look, uh, we might say, okay, these things are worldly. When I mean worldly, materialistic things, houses, cars, clothes, stuff. But we also see that there is good in such things as well. Okay, there is a land in a place, in a city that is full of sin. There are people there are evil. But that which God has ordained for you in that place is all about you. You might be the one that sanctifies that particular thing, or you be the same one that corrupts that same thing. So our hearts, the Bible is just starting to tell us here that we should mind the things of God. And how can a man mind the things of God? Except he has the spirit of God. And how can the man have the spirit of God if he's willing to bend so that the spirit can transform his stuff? Because every human being wants to survive. Every human being wants good things. But at what cost? Is it the cost of the soul? Is it the cost of disobeying God to, to achieve that same thing? Which God is willing to give to you in his own time when you obey. That's why I posted Deuteronomy chapter 28. See, there are two things there. Uh, the Spirit showed me two things there. Let me, let me try and open it. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 2. You know, a lot of people read the blessings, blah, 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 but they rush over the blessings. I read that so many years. Then some Monday, the Lord just opened my eyes to see. He said, And it shall come to pass if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God. That's one. To do to observe and to do all his commandments. Now we have two things there. The first one is the voice. The second one is the command. But a lot of people look at the commandment and they ignore the voice. That's where Israelites failed. That's why Israelites, they, they, they are right, the kind of righteousness they try to demonstrate according to the law kind of have some carnality in it. And that's why yet, even though they tie the commandments in their forehead, they call it phylacteries, they hang it in their net, they write it in their doorposts. Yet, a lot of them still die in sin because the voice that said, do this and don't do, that inner voice, it's not giving a room. So that's just a, anybody that shuts off the voice of God will start listening to the voice of the flesh. And that's how the separation will come. The gap start coming gradually until the person 
the voice of God becomes so silent that all the person hears, you will now start seeing it in the person's act because there is no voice of correction again. So like I said, it starts from desire. What do you desire? Canal-mindedness starts from desire. What, what are your aspirations? Is it gearing towards giving glory to God or to men or to make yourself look good? So once you start thinking about self, you should just know immediately that it has, carnality is creeping in. It might take years. The way we take years sometimes to grow into the spirit, that is also from the spirit. You might take years to grow back into flesh. Some people are backslidden, but they don't know it yet. Because like they, they ignore the voice today, they ignore the voice in the afternoon, later in the day, you know, gradually. That's how it's scripture. So that's what I just have to say. The voice of God is key. And if we don't have it, we should seek it diligently by pleading with him to to, to to amplify his voice and give us grace to obey. It's not easy um, for the flesh to actually do the things of God. It takes the grace of God for such to happen. So that's just what I have to say concerning that. Mm. Thank, Thank you so much, bro, for sharing that. Thank you so much. Um, very true, very true, very true. And can cap it and bring it and focus everything we said to the voice, you know, the voice of the Lord. Because that's, again, like we've established, that is true faith. Because that's how faith comes. That's how we walk by faith. Obeying the voice obeying the voice of the Lord um, yeah um, the little bomb that the first part of our recording <laughs> it didn't save so I would just uh, I would just upload this but um, Divine, do you have anything to say? Or we just quickly pray? You can just signify if you don't. Um, okay. All right. All right, brethren. Let's just let's just thank God for His Word. Let's thank Him for the Word that we have received, the Word that He has given us this evening. Let's thank Him for His Word, His truth. As Jesus said, "Sanctify them, O Father, by Your Word. Your Word is truth." It is the word of God that when it comes, it's able to make us whole, it's able to set us apart unto him. God uses his word to, to, to sanctify us unto himself. So let's just thank him for his word. 
His word is the light that we use to navigate our way through every phase of our lives. Is it the wilderness? Is it a, 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 is it a, a season of our life? Is it a phase of our lives? It is his word, and that word comes in his voice. His voice. It is through his voice that he brings his commandments. So let's just thank him. First of all, let's thank him for his word. Father, Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the light in which you have shone in our hearts this evening. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence. Thank you for sanctifying us. We know that as we've come, we're not living the same way that we came. Let's also ask him that he, as we have received his word, that his word will remain planted, that we will hide this word in the midst of our hearts. David said, your word have I hidden in my heart that I may not sin against you. That we'll always remember his word everywhere we are. That we'll have the Lord always before us. David said, I have, I said the Lord always before me. How? I'm sure it was his word because the Lord is his word. The word of God is God. Having his word always before us. So Lord, we ask that your word be planted in our hearts. In the midst of our hearts that it will germinate. Our hearts will be that good soil. That it will germinate and bring forth fruit of righteousness unto you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let's also ask the Lord to help us. The grace, the grace. Remember when we're talking about the word of the Lord. You know, after it reveals Hebrews, Hebrews, uh, is it Hebrews 4? After it reveals that the word of God is living and alive, quick, sharper than any two-edged sword, able to, to, to pierce even to the dividing of soul and spirit, bone and marrow, and it says the revealer of the intents of the heart. After revealing that nothing is hidden before his eyes to whom we must give account. He now says, therefore, we do not have a high priest who is not, who, do, who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. He says, therefore, let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace for in times of need. So let's ask the Lord for the grace. Like our brother said, it's not an easy thing to do the will of God. It's not an easy thing to follow the voice of God. But as we do it, he gives grace. He gives more grace. It becomes our desire. It becomes more easy till that is the way we are. We become like that. But at first, it, it can be a bit of it because it will come against the flesh. It will come against your desires. It will come against what people want for you. It will come against... Even can come against even the closest person to you. So let's ask God for grace. Father Lord, we ask for grace. The grace, the grace that is needed at every point in time as occasion demands. When we are alone, when we are amongst people, even against our own desires. We ask for the grace to do your will, to hear your voice, 
also as our brother mentioned, that his voice be amplified in our hearts. That our ears be open, our hearts be open to receive the word of the Lord. Our scripture says, when you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Help us, God, to never, never, ever harden our hearts. In the name of Jesus, we ask for grace that we that every fear be cast out in the name of Jesus, knowing that your thoughts for us are thoughts of good and not of evil, to give us hope, an expected end. Oh God, we ask for grace. We ask that you quicken us by your spirit. He says, if the spirit of God, the spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, if he dwells in us, he is able to quicken our mortal bodies. Yes, God doesn't just tell us to do things in our own strength. Our own part is to believe the word of the Lord and he quickens us to do that thing which he wants us to do. He does it through us if we are willing. So Lord, help us to be willing. Help us to be willing. Help each person, even those who are not here. We pray for them, Jesus. Even those who are not here, even those who are not among us, we pray for our brothers and sisters. Oh God, those you are preparing to take into the places, positions of leadership, of, 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 of influence, of in any, you know, to, 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 to the next phases of their lives, the next seasons. We ask, oh God, that you help us, quicken us in the name of Jesus, that you help us, that you strengthen us, strengthen our convictions, that even when we hear your voice, no matter the obstacle, no matter where we are, no matter what we are surrounded with, whether with darkness, with no matter what the enemy uses to entice us, no matter what our eyes see among the pagan nations or the pagan people, among unbelievers, among even friends, whatever we see, that we are not moved, that our trust is in the Lord. For they that trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion that cannot be moved, that are, that are unshaken, and they abide forever. And our trust will be in God completely and wholeheartedly. We will not be shaken by the enticement of the enemy, by the products of Satan, even by the influence of the world. Though we are in the world, but we are not of the world. Yes, though we are amongst them, in the midst of them, we are not of them. Yes that we'll always remember that and our trust and our hope will be in Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus. Even under pressure, that pressure will push us, pressure will only push us deeper. Obstacles and hindrances and challenges will only push us deeper into God, into that which he has for us, in the mighty name of Jesus. Yes, pressure will not push us to operate in the flesh. Pressures will, pressures will only push us deeper into God in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, oh God, help each person. Strengthen us and quicken us, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Yes, yes. Everything that has hindered each person, even to moving into these places, yes. As you said, God is faithful. God wants to walk, but it depends on us. Are we willing? Are we doing the things that we need to do now? Are we, are we allowing ourselves, are we allowing the dealings of God to, to walk in us so that at the appointed time, those places that he, 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 he said in that place that he has prepared for his people, when it's time, we will be ready 
for those places. Let's ask God to help us that we'll be prepared that everything, every single day, because every single day counts the things we do. It looks like Imana said, it looks like suddenly when it happens, but no, it is accumulated events, events leading up onto events, days leading up onto days, minutes leading up onto hours, and all of these things, and it just they all come to one point and suddenly it happens. To the eyes of others, of people, it might be suddenly, but in the eyes of God, it was precept upon precept, line upon line, that every step will be led by the Spirit. Every step will walk in the Spirit, will live by faith and not by sight, will walk according to the Spirit and not according to the flesh. In the mighty name of Jesus, oh Lord, oh God, that nobody will miss the position that you have set. That even when we come into those places, we pray. Yes, we will not bow down to their gods, nor serve them. In the name of Jesus, we shall not have covenants with them. In the name of Jesus, yes. That though you send us into the world as sheep amongst wolves, that you help us, we be, we be wise as serpent, but gentle as doves. In the mighty name of Jesus. Mombrosko Bruno Shadia, Senko Kokia Kamamba Babua Kabela Salikumi. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And at the end, O oh God, let your name be glorified in us and through us. Let your name be glorified. Yes, that men may see our light as we shine bright, as you shine through us, and we shine bright, that men may see our good works and give glory to you, O oh Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We receive strength from you. We receive grace from you. We receive insight from you. We receive wisdom from you. We receive everything that is needed from you. We receive light from you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Semena kupaliando sovelaga. Shaipras kuvabragava. Elipe kuma sindo komi, komi leve te kiyama, manta kabrasku, jebele pekuma kai, eburosko vite brambosko vite brane, in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, God, for in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Amen.